Let's pray. Our Father God in heaven, Lord, we thank you for the day in which you've given us. God, we thank you for, your, for the, the time that we can come together as your people uh, in your house. God, we ask um, as we celebrate Father's Day that we don't forget that you are the ultimate Father. God, that, that uh, you love us as, uh, as your children, and God, you, you want the best for us. So God, as we open your word and as we dive in today, let us hear your words. Uh, God, let us put them in our heart so we can uh, live accordingly. So Lord, we pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right. How we doing? Good? Great? Eh? So uh, I want to thank uh, all the ladies that were up there singing. Particularly, I mean, Dee Dee Howes, that was my... Uh, Father's Day present to my, my, my daddy as, oh yeah, I forgot to tell you, hey, the, if you're uh, going with the bearded bald guy, Thank you. Thank yeah, sorry, <laughs> like you haven't forgotten anything yet. <laughs> um, yeah, I asked, uh, asked Dee Dee if she would come in in the absence of um, Jeremiah and Laura, which was kind of awesome. I don't know if you guys know. Um, Jeremiah and Laura had the opportunity to go sing at Jeremiah's dad's church because Jeremiah's brothers were coming into town uh, and they haven't sung together for, I guess, a long time. Um, so that was a Father's Day present to uh, uh, Jeremiah's dad. So it was, it's just been a cool, a cool Father's Day. So um, we're not going to do a whole, whole lot of, of dad-focused stuff. So if you're a, a father, forgive me. Here's my dad-focused father stuff. Happy Father's Day, right? Whatever. Um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> um, if you have a Bible, turn to uh, Romans chapter 12. As you're turning there, we're going to continue on in, in our, our, our series on the, the uh, mission statement of the church. Um, and uh, as we're into week five now of, of the mission statement for, for our church, uh, I'm hoping by now that, that it's starting to sink in and, and we're starting to, to, to learn what the mission statement is. Even if you don't know it verbatim, you, get, you understand uh, the premise and the concept uh, behind, behind it. Um, and and it, for those of you that, that, that are, are new to it, uh, here it is. Uh, we exist uh, to bring glory to God. And I love that we open it that way every time because we, the whole purpose of what we do is to uh, glorify God. Uh, not for the church, not for the individual, it's to, to, glorify, to glorify God. So we exist to bring glory to God by making disciples through uh, committing ourselves to loving him passionately. We did that a couple weeks ago. Uh, last week we did learning about him continually. Um, that was, uh, I thought, a, a, um, a good reminder of the importance of why we have to learn and why we should learn because what we, we learn will go with us. Um, living for him daily, that's where we're going to be at today, um, and uh, leading others to him intentionally. So uh, we have the, 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 the little, you can remember it um, by the Love, Learn, Live lead. If you want to uh, kind of uh, give yourself a little tool to, to remember, like what's the real premise uh, of our uh, mission here at the church? Um, and it's to uh, make disciples, to glorify God, to do this all through loving, uh, learning, living, and leading. So, um, love, learn, live, lead. That's, that's it. Now, with, with all that, 
uh, I asked uh, uh, the guys, and some of you did, some of you didn't, whatever, uh, to wear your favorite uh, Father's Day shirt or your best dad shirt. Uh, I think that, that, that uh, Kurt w- wins. Uh, he was the most creative. Uh, I think he forgot, um, but uh, <laughs> honestly, creative. There it is. That, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Um, but uh, I, I, uh, my, my Father's Day shirt is, is what I'm wearing here, um, and I, I think I need to explain it just a little bit uh, because it says, I am Groot. And those of you who have watched Guardians of the Galaxy um, understand uh, a, a little bit. Those of you who have not watched Guardians of the Galaxy, raise your hands. Okay, so some of you are, are is just as ignorant as others. Shame on you, right? Funny movie, okay. But I, I need to explain myself because if you don't understand the the, the reasoning behind this, you'll kind of you, you'll miss a whole bunch. Um, in the Guardians of the Galaxy, um, there's this uh, this character. He's a he's a tree, and his name is Groot. And the only thing, the, the only line, which is, this was genius, whoever uh, uh, played this part. Um, the only line that, that, that Groot has, he can only say, I am Groot. No matter what you ask him, what color is the sky? I am Groot. What do you want to drink? I am Groot. What's your favorite song? I am Groot. That's all he can say is, I am Groot. Now, he says it with different intensities. Like, if he's mad, he'll, he'll, he'll say, I am Groot. Or if he's loving, I am Groot. You know, but it's still the, the, the same words. So there's a lot of room for interpretation um, in, in that. So as I was thinking about uh, talking uh, today about uh, living for him, being God, living for him daily, uh, it, it, we need to understand that uh, the way in which we're to live for God is not up for interpretation. Uh, and just, just like, like my shirt says, this is my Father's Day shirt. And I, I, I say, I tell you that it says Happy Father's Day. Uh, it says I am Groot. I can make it say whatever I want. Well, that's how a lot of people approach their walk with Christ. Is I can do it however I want. Well, this, the, 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 there's a problem. The, the problem is that the Bible is very clear on how we are to uh, live a life for Christ. So the, the big idea that I want to throw out there today in our next few minutes together is, is, is this. You don't get to define what it means to live for God daily. So, so understand this. You don't get to define what it means to live for God daily, but you do control how you execute it. Too many times, too many people think that, that, that coming into church or coming into a relationship with, with God is you can do it however you want to do it. Well, the problem with that is what the Bible says. Now, what, what I want to be, be cautious about is we don't fall into legalism as we talk about uh, 23 different things here. Um, for those of you type A people, you're like, yes, why don't you fill in the blanks? For the rest of you, you're like, how can I make this into a paper airplane, right? Um, but I, I, we're, we're not going to spend a whole bunch of time on a lot of these, so just, just, just relax. We're not going to be here until, you know, 3 o'clock, maybe 2. But, um, no, what's that? Dinner's at 2. Thank you for reminding me. So we'll be here till 3.30. Um, <laughs> uh, no, but he, here's what I want us to understand is you don't get to define what it means to live for God daily. You don't get to define that. God has defined that. What you get to do, what I get to do, is we, we have control on how we execute this. And, and what I want to do is I want to look at uh, Romans chapter 12 um, to, to get a, a better understanding of this truth. Now, 
as we get a better understanding of this truth, I, I think it's important that we, we kind of we, we, we start off on the right foot. Um, now, to, to live uh, for, uh, for God daily, it's an action. And, and you've heard me now for quite some time now uh, that we need to, if we're going to change the way in which we act, it all, it all has to start with the way in which we think, right? The way in which you think determines the way in which you feel, and the way in which you feel determines the way in which you act. So if you want to change the way in which you act, you've got to change the way in which you think. We see this as the strategy which Paul gives us here in uh, uh, Romans chapter 12. Look at Romans chapter 12, verse 1. It says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. So understand, presenting yourself to God is a way in which you worship him. Now, we present ourselves in a, a, a myriad of different ways, but understand that presenting ourselves to God is worship. Verse 2, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. This is where we get the understanding that our mind must be renewed. And it needs to be renewed not with what, you know, Lee says or anybody else says. It, it needs to be renewed by what God says. And that's why I want to stress that, that, that we, we do not define what it means to live a, a, a life for, for Christ daily. We do not define that, but we execute that. So that's the strategy to this. So living for him daily, the strategy is renewing of our minds. It's important to, to learn. Like we talked last week, it's important to, to learn uh, on, on a continual basis. And everybody's going to learn at a different level. That's fine. But we must learn. Because as we learn about him, we can learn how to live for him. That's the renewal aspect. Now, if, if you look a little bit further on there, verse 3, I think that it's important to highlight not only the strategy that we see in verse 1 and 2, but the ability to execute that strategy there in verse 3 through 8. <clears throat> For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, do not think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. So that's important. Each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Another, there's gifts that are, that there are, gifts that are, are given according to the grace that has been given to us. Those are two important things there. Let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service um, in our service, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. What, what I want us to focus on here in this little spot of text, this little this paragraph here is the ability comes through grace, faith, and gifting. The, the, the ability for our mind to be renewed all by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let me, let, me, let me make sure that we don't overlook the working of the Holy Spirit here. The Holy Spirit is, is, is intimately involved in, in all of this. 
What we need to understand is the ability for our minds to be renewed. It's through the power of the Holy Spirit, but he gives us these things in which we can, uh, as, as tools to, to, to help renew our mind, which is grace, which is faith, which is gifting. So understand the ability to do all this, the ability to live a life daily for him. Daily living for God, the ability to do that is through these three things here. Don't, don't worry about the babies. We got plenty of babies. Oh, hey, you know, there's something in the bathroom. I guess they put a, a, a thing in the bathroom now. Oh, don't thank me. I think it was uh, Jill or who, who was it that came up with that idea? Jill and Jer? Awesome. So why don't we have one of the guys' bathroom? What if they got? Never mind. Um, <laughs> off track. All right, back on track. All right. So he, here's the deal, though. Um, understanding the ability to, to live a life for God daily um, has been given to us. So if we think, well, I can't do that. I'm not going to be able to live up to these 23 things, which we're going to talk about here. Don't, don't cringe. Yeah. If you're thinking, I can't, I can't do that, you have the ability. God has given you everything you need to do this. Don't let Satan come in and, and lie to you. And don't believe the lie. Believe the truth. So not only do we have a strategy, not only do we have the ability, we have 23 principles. 23 principles for daily living. Um, now, I'm not going to expound on each one of these. All right? Breathe. Some will, some won't. But I, I, I tried to narrow this list down, and it, it just didn't work. Because it, it, what we have to understand is um, the, the, these principles all go together. To, 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 be, uh, to be able to live for, for God daily, we have to understand this is a package deal. You can't just do one and not the other. Because if you do one and not the other, it kind of it, it negates, it negates one or, or the other, or both. So let's get started. Number one. Love genuinely. We're going to see this here in uh, verse 9. Verse 9 says, Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. The first one, love genuinely. I, I think that I don't need to explain this too much, but I, I think that, the, that what we need to understand is uh, don't just pretend to love others. This is what Paul is saying here. Don't just act like you love others. Actually love others. This is hard sometimes. Don't just pretend to love them. Be genuine in your love for one another. That means that sometimes you're going to have to overlook things you don't like about the person to really love them. That's why, that's why the Bible tells us that love covers a multitude of sin. Just remember, when you're looking at someone like, I can't love them, they're probably looking at you thinking the same thing. I can't love her. Anywho, love, what, love, uh, love genuinely. The second one we see there in verse 9, detest evil. It says abhor what is evil. It means detest it. You don't, you don't want to be around that. Abhor or detest uh, evil. Then it says, okay, while you're detesting evil, cling to what is good. Cling to what is good. Now, understand this. It's when we cling to something, think of it just like, like, like some of you are thinking like static cling. You know, like sometimes... My, my wife, I love when she does this. Um, she doesn't take the, the dryer sheet out sometimes, so it kind of stinks. It sticks to you. It, it, or it, usually it's, it's to me, and it's right here in the back. So it looks like I had toilet paper sticking out of my back, I mean, sometimes. And that kind of cling. It says to cling to what is good. Well, what's good? 
Well, that all, all goes into, uh, into the mix of what we talked about last week about learning. We need to learn what is good. What is good in God's eyes? So we need to cling to what is good. Not just say, oh, okay, I'm, I'm good with that. No, we need to detest what is evil and cling to what is good. The fourth one. See, we're already cruising through these so far. Uh, verse 10, love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Here we, we get our fourth one. Um, be devoted to one another as a family. Be devoted to one another as a family. So if we're, it's not just, yeah, I love them when I see them. No, it's a devotion to one another as a family. What happens in a family? Sometimes you don't like your family. No, my family, I love my family. Well, maybe they don't like you sometimes, but they're devoted to, to you. They're still your family. You can't get rid of them. Doesn't matter how far you run. Dang it, my sister says. I didn't say that. Oh. <laughs> My guilty conscience is coming out. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. You're good. Uh, she would have. I love my sister. She's too much like me. <laughs> be devoted to our family. To be devoted to one another as family. The second part of that, honor one another above yourself. This is important. What does it mean to honor one another above yourself? Well, it's to think more highly of them than maybe you think of yourself. That doesn't mean that we think of ourselves less, like we're, we're, we're uh, lessening our self-worth. No, we need to, to show that, that people are important. No matter how dysfunctional our family is, that you're, you're important. <coughs> I'm going to show you that, that honor. And that's what Paul is saying here. Let's go on, verse 11. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Number six, don't be lazy. Don't, don't, don't be lazy, and that's what he's saying. Don't be slothful in zeal. He's saying don't lack diligence. Being a follower of Jesus Christ and believing in him and your life that is is ultimately change from where it was, don't, don't keep that to yourself. Don't lack that, that, that diligence. Now, I'm not saying that everybody has to be Billy Graham or Ray Comfort where you go out and you're doing street evangelism. I'm not, not saying that. But the Bible tells us when we're asked, we're, we're supposed to be able to give a defense. Don't, don't be lazy in that. Don't, don't be a, a bad example for those around you. That's what Paul is saying here. And he says, be enthusiastic. So it means to be fervent in spirit. Be enthusiastic. Like, we, we talked about cranky Christians a few weeks ago. Actually, like, tell your face that you're happy that, that, that Jesus died for you. Right? Be, be happy. Be enthusiastic about what has taken place. Serve the Lord. I don't think that, that, that we can go through any list or, or any principles of how to live for God daily without having a service in there. We're to serve him, serve him continually. Now, that, that, that is a, there, there are a lot of different ways now that, that we can execute this service, how we serve the Lord, but we're called to serve him. 
Verse 12, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. Rejoice in hope. I, I think that, that um, this, is, this is one that it may be a little bit easier because uh, for some, um, what we need to understand is uh, to, be, to, to rejoice. That kind of goes with that enthusiastic part, the enthusiasm. We, we're not rejoicing in ourselves. We're rejoicing in the hope in which we have. The hope in which we have is, we were talking about it in Sunday school this morning, that, is that Jesus is coming back. And when he comes back, he's coming back to get his children and to take his children with him, to be with him forever. That's the hope in which we have. We need to rejoice in that. And that's what Paul is saying here. And right after he says that, he says, you know, be patient during tough times. We can rejoice because we know what, what, what lies ahead, but there are going to be some tough times that we're going to have to endure. And he says, during those tough times, be patient. Also, one of those things that we need to do while we're, we're, we're being patient is we need to be, it, it, we, <clears throat> excuse me, we need to be faithful in prayer. How, how can I be patient when, when times are tough? You can be, you can be uh, patient by being faithful in prayer. When we pray, what we're doing is we're identifying that it's out of our hands. It's in God's hands. It's, 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 it's only he can do this. So we need to be faithful in that. If we're going to endure the, those times of tribulation and be patient during that, we need to make sure that we're faithful in prayer. Verse 13, Con contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Here are the principles we see here is help, the, help with the needs of the saints. I want to stress the, the, the needs. Uh, there, there's a lot of times that, um, that people look at the church as the church is supposed to just help everybody. Church isn't supposed to help uh, everybody. It's supposed to address needs, not wants, needs. Not need, now, needs are, are not according to what the person thinks they need. It's what, what does God say they need? What does the body say that they need? Not just, well, I, 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 like Gabe coming up to me, I really need this Lego set, Daddy. Well, like if you don't get it, your arm's going to fall off? That's not a need. That's a, that's a want. Even if it's a great desire, it's still a want. <coughs> Practice hospitality. Open your life up to somebody. That's what, that's what Paul's saying here is, you need to open yourself up to somebody. Well, if I open myself up to somebody, somebody might come in. Yeah, well, it might hurt. Yeah, it probably not might. It probably will at one point or another. People hurt sometimes. But nonetheless, a, a, a true mark of a Christian and the way in which we're going to live for God daily is we need to open ourselves up to people. Now, I, I want to make sure we stress that it's important that we don't just open ourselves up to everyone and just put down the guard and, oh, it's a free-for-all. No, no, I think you need to use the brain that God has given you. Discern who you can let in and who you can't let in. But don't build a fence all the way around you and keep everybody out. Because if you keep everybody out, you're not living for him daily. We're not called and we're not told and we're not commanded to live in isolation. We're, we're told to, be, to live in community. And that's practicing hospitality is a part of that. Verse 14. Bless those who persecute you. Bless 
and do not curse them. This is hard. Anybody who has ever had an enemy understands that this is hard. Now, when it says to bless, I'm going to say uh, the way in which I put this is bless your opposition. We're called to bless our opposition. Now, what does it mean to bless? It means to imply like a a positive disposition or a, a kind of action towards the individual. It doesn't mean you have to be best friends with them. Paul's going to explain it a little bit uh, further on down here about uh, what you're not to do. But understand what you are to do is we're, we're to, to show the love of Christ to them. Sometimes that's hard. Sometimes that's really hard. Depending upon who it is and what happened. You don't know what they did to me. No, you're right. I don't. But God says we're supposed to, to, to bless them. I'm not saying that you go pay their light bill because they punched you in the nose. I'm not, not saying that. Maybe it's as, as simple as, uh, like Greg said, pray for them. Stay in there, pray for them. Bless them. Verse 15. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. I think it's important that we sympathize with one another. We sympathize with one another. Now understand this. When Paul is writing this, he's writing this to the church. And he's talking about these one another's. He's talking about your brothers and sisters that are around you here. Sympathize with one another. Sometime, it's it's not that, that somebody comes to you. My wife tells me this all the time. She'll come to me with a problem. And what do I do? I jump to a solution real quick. She doesn't want a solution. She just wants me to, 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 to hear, me to hear her and to sympathize with her. That's why it says weep with those who weep. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Verse 16. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the, low, the lowly. Paul's saying here, be of one spirit with one another. I mean, it doesn't mean that you have to agree on everything, but there should be a common spirit amongst, amongst you. And he says, don't be prideful, but be humble. Don't let your pride take over because pride just, it, it just repels people. The Bible says that Jesus came as a humble servant. He gives us that example. That doesn't mean that we roll over on our back and just act, oh, oh, I'm I'm being trampled on. No. Meekness is not weakness. It's power in reserve. And that's what it means to be humble. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to what is honorable in the sight of all. Avoid revenge. Avoid revenge. I mean, this is what, 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 what people want to respond with when somebody hurts them is they want to lash out and they want to revenge. I want to get my revenge against them. No, we need to avoid revenge because nine times out of ten, what happens when we lash out to get revenge, all we're doing is going to make more, make more of a mess. 
Things are going to be more complicated. Things are just going to get to go from, from being a, a 5 on a scale to a 10 because of our stupid revenge. But they hurt me. I understand that. God says something about that here in a second. But he says, be honorable in our action. Don't take revenge. Instead, be honorable. Respond in that situation with honor. He, he, he says there, do what is honorable in the sight of all. It's okay for people to see that you're being honorable. That's not being boastful. Be honorable. What does that mean to be honorable? I don't know. It depends on the situation in which you're in. Maybe if somebody is, is, at work is standing there and they're just screaming at you and they're just cussing you out to your, to your, your face, maybe the honorable thing to do is just not to punch them. <laughs> I don't know. But make sure we're honorable so when people look at, wow, did you see how Brian dealt with that situation? Verse 18. If possible. I love how he starts that out. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. I, I think that, that, that a good way to understand this is do your best to live peaceably with everyone. Don't just encounter someone who is difficult and say, oh, I can't deal with them. If that was the case, I look around at a lot of you. If that was the case, God would have given up on you a long time ago. Because some of us are more difficult than others. So if we're looking at individuals and we're like, okay, I can't do that. It says, if possible, do everything in your power. That's that, do your best. Do everything in your power to live peaceably. Do not compromise anything. Do not compromise what, what it is, that the, the, the standard which God has given you uh, to, to live by. So if somebody wants you to break one of God's moral laws or even the, the, the civil law to be able to, to live peaceably, with, no, don't do it. Don't compromise God's standard. Verse 19. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. This is one of my favorite verses in in. Uh, scripture. I actually, when I was younger, got a tattoo of this um, in my own words. But uh, I, I think that, that it's important to understand that, that what Paul is saying here is let God be the judge. This is why you shouldn't seek vengeance and you shouldn't, or you should avoid revenge because God is the judge, not you. God is the, the, the judge that can judge rightly. He's the one, the, the only one who can give the due penalty for whatever it is that, it, 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 that has been incurred. Too many times what we try to do is we try to take it in our own hands. And when we tr try to take it in our own hands, it just gets even muddier. And what we do when we pull and we, we try to be the judge is we say, God, take a, ste a, a step aside. I'm going to be the judge. This is how it should be. 
And then what are we doing? We're just bringing that, we're bringing our, our own condemnation, our own heads. We're trying to stand in, the, in, in the, the, the spot where God can only stand and be the judge of all. What we need to do is like Paul says here, don't, don't take revenge. The Lord says he'll repay. What does that look like? I don't know, but I'm sure that it is way better than whatever you have in mind. Number 22, verse, verse 20. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by so doing, you will keep burning coals on his head. I wrap this up in a little package. It says, be Christ-like to your enemies. Be Christ-like to your enemies. It's not always the easiest thing to do. But this is what we're, we're told to do. And the last one. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. This is pretty simple. Do what is right in the eyes of God. Now, as we've read through all 21 of these verses here, and we've, we've talked about all of this, it still comes back to that, 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 that first big idea that we talked about, or the main idea, that you don't get to define. You don't get to define what it means to, to live for him daily. But you have control on how you execute it. Now, of these 23 things, there's a lot there. I get it. Like, I, I, now, some of you are thinking, like, I've got to walk around with this list, all, you know, and make sure I'm doing all of these things. I'm going to forget all of these things. I think what is most important here is you, you understand that, that, that God has given us the ability to do these. And when Jesus, when Jesus is confronted with, okay, teacher, what's the greatest of all the commandments? He says, love God, love people. If you're loving God, loving people, these 23 things, they're going to take care of themselves. I think why Paul gives us this is so we can see the progress in which we're making too. We can understand that, that, that there's an importance that we um, grow in our walk and our relationship with God. So as we approach the future here, and understanding, when I said the future here, the, the future here at LifePoint Church, and understanding that the way in which we make disciples that are going to glorify God, and we're talking about love, learn, live, lead, we're going to live our lives by the way in the, which the Bible defines the way in which our life should be lived. Is it going to be difficult? Yeah. Are we going to fall sometimes? Yeah. But we're here with our brothers and sisters to help us pick, us, pick one another back up. It's understanding that we're not in this all alone. That's why it's important. Like when, when Jake said, if, if we look around and we got a bunch of people are on vacation and sick and everything, we need to make sure we reach out to them to, to let them know you were missed. Don't make them feel guilty because they weren't at church. No, let them know you were missed. Well, why were they missed? Because they're part of us. Remember first one, we talked about the we? They're part of the we, and if, if we're going to be the we, we need to understand that everybody's got an important role in this. So with that, living for him daily, it, it, it seems like this huge mountain that, we, that it's going to be difficult to accomplish. But God's given us all the tools in which we need 
to negotiate this obstacle. So understand that as we continue on. Let's pray. Father God in heaven, Lord, we thank you. Uh, God, we... We know that what it is that you have called us to do, what it is you've told us to do, these 23 things here that, that we've listed out, these principles that um, you wouldn't tell us to do something if you didn't give us the ability to do that. So God, as we have identified these things, as we're uh, learning how to apply them so we can live this way, God, we ask for more grace, more mercy, God, we know that we're going to mess up, but we know that you're there to pick us up. That doesn't give us a crutch where we can intentionally mess up, but it means that we don't have to stand there and sulk when we do. God, we thank you for who you are. Father, we ask as you've made this possible by sending your son, that God, we just let that sink into our hearts, that our minds can be renewed so our actions can be directed towards you. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen.